Right, hello, Year 12, this is Miss McLaughlin, and today I'm going to be lecturing you on the significance of Belle Reeve in a streetcar named Desire. Um, and this should help you answer today's learning question, which is on the significance of the past in the play. Hopefully, you're listening to this podcast having already completed your Do Now task, which got you to think about uh, Blanche's memories of her past life before um, Elysian Field. So, thinking specifically about her memories in in Mississippi, in Laurel, etc. Um, but I sincerely hope that you looked at me at my pre-deep thinking challenge, which got you to think about other characters who also have memories of past events. For instance, uh, Stanley's descriptions of the Allied invasion at, at Salerno in scene 11, um, Mitch's past girlfriend, uh, who is dead, etc, um, etc. Et so, Hopefully you've managed to think of loads of examples of of memories in the play. But now I'm going to be just honing in on Belle Reeve uh, to give you some ideas uh, for a question um, on the theme of the past. Or, for instance, you might use some of these ideas for an essay on, I don't know, the theme of identity, because Belle Reeve is a very distinct identity, etc., so um, let's begin. Belle Reeve in a streetcar named Desire. Please be making notes in your electronic exercise books, of course, as we go along. So Belle Reeve um, in French means beautiful dream. And the very name that Williams chooses um, points to a French colonial past or French colonial heritage. Not just Blanche's, of course, but, but the, you know, the French colonial past of, of the United States. And um, we must remember that Louisiana or La Louisiane or La Louisiane Francaise was an administrative district of New France. Um, Remember that uh, France had a colony in what is part of, of the southern US states um, now, um, but, you know, the French had a definite uh, cultural influence uh, there. Um, I did tell you this before, but Napoleon sold that territory to the US in the early 19th century, and this was part of the... Um, the, the, the Louisiana Purchase of, of 1803. Now, uh, please bear in mind, Year 12, when, when I talk about selling the territory of Louisiana, that does encompass um, southern US states like Arkansas, um, Alabama, and of course, uh, Louisiana and Mississippi. Uh, Louisiana, where the play is, is set, and Mississippi, where Blanche uh, comes from. Yeah, so those states were all part of this colonial settlement. Um, and I just want to remind you that Blanche tells Mitch in the play, um, she's talking about her, her, her name, yeah, uh, and 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 she says we are French by extraction. Our first American uh, American ancestors were French Huguenots. Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know Huguenots, please spell it as H U G U E N O T S. H U G U E N O T S. Capital H, please. Yeah. Um. Now. 
for those of you who don't know, Huguenots uh, were French Protestants who were active in the 16th and 17th uh, se- uh, centuries. They were a, a group of people who were forced to flee France due to religious and political uh, persecution by the Catholic Church and the Crown, and many settled in now what is part of the United States of America. Um, now, what's really interesting is that Blanche, you know, talks about how her ancestors uh, were French Huguenots, and this poses some interesting questions about what constitutes as being 100% American. Um, I would like to argue that America um, has has always been a melting pot of different uh, races and ethnicities. Um, and this is carried on into the present, because if you look at the opening stage directions of A Streetcar Named Desire, uh, Williams very much um, talks about the intermingling of, of, race, of races. And the exact uh, stage direction is New Orleans has a relatively warm and easy intermingling of races. So, you know, what is what is 100 percent American, but a, a melting pot of different cultures, of different races? Um, so it's quite ironic when Stanley later on in the play uh, says, I am not a Polak. People from Poland are Poles, not Polaks. But what I am is 100 percent American, born and raised in the greatest country on earth and proud as hell of it. So don't ever call me a Polak. Um, What's interesting there is that, you know, being American equates to being part of that multicultural uh, setting, yeah, that melting pot of, of different races. Um, Stanley is, of course, infuriated because, um, you know, Blanche and Stella, they use that ethnic slur, that derogatory term to describe him being, you know, a second generation um, uh, Pole. Um, Whereas Blanche, she's inherently proud of her French heritage. When in fact, you know, what Williams is suggesting there is that we are all multicultural, we're all part of this melting pot, yeah? Um, so th- there's something really interesting there to do with the theme of, of identity and what what does it mean to be American, yeah? Um, what's really interesting, of course, is that Belle Reeve is very much... Um, an ideal. Um, it, it, it represents the glories of the antebellum southern culture before this devastating blows of the American Civil War in 1861 to 65. You know, the, the very, you know, Belle Reeve is built on the golden mythology of Southern values. If you think about, you know, the white columns almost emphasising how they're built on these very strong mythological um, features of, you know, that Southern belle culture, you know, all those imaginary glories of the past. but what we must remember year 12 is that Streetcar was written less than 100 years after uh, the uh, American Civil War and two years after World War Two. What you need to remember is that that Southern culture, the, you know, that 
the glories of the antebellum southern culture became intractable unmanageable uncontrollable yeah um because we we've talked about this before but the american civil war was a devastating blow to the economy the prosperous economy of the southern states um and we also need to remember that after the the global scale of war, world war two you know you, you need to imagine that the world war um acted as a social leveler yeah so there was uh less of a distinction between the the aristocratic upper classes and the the proletariat yeah the working classes started to thrive yeah so it's it's really important to to distinguish um that in 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 the play um now i've already i've already quickly mentioned this but you must remember that the south harks back to the largely imaginary glories of the past and that has after the american civil war and after the second world war that has no place within the this new thriving present therefore the very name of bell reeve is is highly 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 ironic um it's um you know it, it is it is a fantasy it's far removed from from reality very much very much like the, the the character of blanche that is a product of that particular culture and um, now something else that i would like you to write down year 12 is that uh bell reeve is is consigned to the dustbin of history and is and it's very much emblematic of a moribund old south plantation culture built on racism and exploitation okay so i'll repeat that bell reeve is consigned to the dustbin of history and emblematic of a moribund old south plantation culture built on racism and exploitation so i'm thinking of blanche in scene um nine she is um imagining imagining uh, or recollecting the, the legacies of the, of the past and she's talking to her mother and she says her linen needs changing yes mother but couldn't we get a coloured girl to do it? Yeah, um, that very much hints that racism um, and exploitation was part of of that um, uh, French colonial heritage. Yeah, um, and that carries on into the present. You know, Blanche calls Stanley a a Polack, for instance, which is a derogatory term. Um, so she is very much cast as an outsider when um, coming into this culture where there is a fairly, a relatively warm and easy intermingling of the races, yeah? Um, so in some ways, you have to imagine that Williams is critiquing that air of superiority that is inherent within that aristocratic um, culture um, of, of, of Belle Reeve. Um, now, what you need to also consider, Year 12, is that there's a contrast between the lost Bell Reeve, which is only described by Blanche, yeah, as opposed to the brash, vibrant immediacy of multicultural working class New Orleans that is dramatised on stage, okay? 
Now, what's really interesting is that Belle Reeve seems particularly faded, irrelevant and insignificant, given that it is lost even before the dramatic action begins on stage and is represented on stage purely by the box of legal documents Blanche hands over to Stanley. So that is a really interesting AO2 method to remember for a streetcar named Desire because quite simply, Belle Reeve gets no stage time. Yeah. Um, what Williams does very cleverly is that he he uses dramatic methods to strengthen he uses dramatic methods to strengthen the text presentation of Bell Reeve as redundant and archaic within the context of the new of of the, you know the new thriving America the post war America um that is represented in in Elysian Fields yeah so the fact that he only gives stage time to post war America suggests that that is what is thriving and uh, what is moribund, what is fading, is that that isn't even given any time in the unfolding drama. Now, also what is significant is that Belle Reeve acts as some kind of signifier for Blanche and the moribund old Southern aristocracy. Because remember what I said, how it's already fading? You know, both are equally doomed, yeah? I've always said that Blanche is like a dinosaur doomed to extinction. Well, so is Belle Reeve. And by contrast, you've got the bustling district of Elysian Fields that acts as a signifier for Stanley. You know, a confident second generation American who is determined to make his way in the new post-war world. Um, and do you remember when I mentioned about how there's a movement versus stasis binary in scene one? You know, there's definitely some kind of bustling atmosphere when Williams is presenting all the all the different characters on stage, whereas Blanche is very much presented as a static, inert character uh, when when she is uh, when she is lost on stage. Um, which is, of course, ironically presented when when Eunice says, uh, you know, are you lost? Um, but it's interesting because the South, you know, as I've already mentioned, has this paralyzing obsession with the imaginary glories of the past and how that's contrasted by this new bustling uh, district of Elysian fields. Yeah. Um, now. Something else that you need to remember about Belle Reeve um, is that, of course, Belle Reeve and Elysian Fields reflect very different values of different social groups within American society just after World War Two. What does Belle Reeve, um, you know, what is very much part of this culture of Belle Reeve? Well, that is, you know, those ideas of Southern gentility and chivalry, politeness and kindness. That, of course, has no place within the profanity and the violence, the sensuality that is um, prevalent within um, Elysian Fields. Yeah. So it's almost like 
you know, whilst Williams is is criticising that inherent superiority that is very is very much a product of that uh, Southern Bell culture. At the same time, Williams appears to question or criticise the culture of post-war America via his representation of Bell Reeve, because surely. Um, politeness and kindness, things that Blanche very much is is um, akin to, that is surely inherently superior than the profanity and violence that is um, prevalent within within uh, this new um, this new present. Yeah. Um, so remember, remember why um, Williams doesn't uh, or elides the rape scene, why he elides moments of, of physical violence. Um, th there's that, that idea, there's that idea that, um, that this new world is not a paradise underworld, as perhaps ironically suggested in the very name Elysian Fields. Think about also why in scene 10, when we get all those shadows, um, um, you know, when what, just before the rape scene and then all the social structures of the play disappear and we see the likes of the, 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 the prostitute, the policeman, etc., all analogues of Blanche's own reality of, of thievery, prostitution, all that. That is very much part of this new environment. Does Williams criticise that? Yeah. Um, also something really important to consider about uh, Belle Reeve and, and the past, you need to remember that there's a relatively poor working class New Orleans and there's a massive gulf between the ordinary everyday realities of life in the quarter as opposed to the fictive dream of a better life in, um, as represented in, in, Elysia, in uh, Belle Reeve. Yeah. Um, now, even though Bell Reeve suggests some kind of dream of a better life, is that ever going to come into reality? Of course not, because if you think about even the rhinestone that Blanche puts on her head, that is fake, because it's um, obviously rhinestone is next door to glass. You know, that, that whole dream of a better life, perhaps emblematic of the American dream, that will never come into play yeah um however stanley's uh, version of the american dream you know his his um his vision of 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 materialism his vision of of capitalism all that that is very much a um a dream that is possible that is manageable but the mythology of the old south hinted at in the very name mythology um that can never be part of, of, of real life. The only last thing that I wanted you to, to mention, thinking about uh, the significance of Belle Reeve, the significance of the past, remember that um, the use of Southern Gothic horror when Blanche remembers Belle Reeve, yeah, reflecting the annihilation of the Dubois family as well as the whole culture and way of life. So when she talks about... Um, 
the funerals, that big speech that we've talked about time and time again, but right at the start when she says, I, I, I took the blows in my face and my body, all of those deaths. The gothic horror there suggests, you know, she is very much um, afraid of the annihilation of the Dubois family, that entire civilization, that entire dynasty. Um, yeah. Um, and, and what's interesting is that... Uh, even though at several points in the play, um, Williams does draw on realist features of drama. Here, it seems like Blanche, um, the, the very language, it resembles melodrama. Yeah, it's over the top. It's it's exaggerated. Yeah, so her melodramatic outbursts, when reflecting on her memories of Belle Reve, definitely suggests her fear of the annihilation of a particular culture or way of life etc. So um, using all of this I would like you to really consider now how you would use this information to help you think about the significance of the past and streetcar named desire and what I would like you to do now is to write two bullet point lists, um, use a blue font for O2 and a red font for O3 to think about how you're going to answer to today's learning question. Yeah. Remember that today's learning question is different, slightly different from what I just lectured on today. It is, I'm not asking you on the significance of, of Belle Reve, but I'm asking you on the significance of the past um, in the play. So hopefully you'll be able to draw on some of the ideas that I've mentioned in my lecture, but remember to really, really think about um, the past. Yeah, it seems to be a, a bigger sort of umbrella term and uh, Belle Reeve is very much part of uh, something that you can allude to in this in this question. OK, um, and that's it. And once you have done your essay planning, then you need to go on and do your writing task as well. But thank you very much, Year 12.